Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. As always, it's Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, um, we have a whole month of the NFL season in the books. Uh, tell, me you're, tell me you feel that without crying, because, I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> the only time my life is ever worth anything or has any sense of importance to it is when football is on, on the air for 14 hours. By the way, that's what we got last weekend. How thrilled are you to see football from sun up to sundown? <laughs> Last week. I mean, it, it was really fun. Uh, I can't say that the uh, last week's London game didn't uh, give me quite a bit of anxiety. Um, boy, the uh, the Vikings really struggled to uh, to you know sneak away with that victory. But it was really interesting to to get done with such an exhausting game and still have twelve hours of football left. Um, what a day! <laughs> yeah, it's a tough day when you have to watch twelve hours of football. Very exhausting. Very taxing. Um, it just drains you, you know? Just absolutely oh, yeah. drains you. It's probably one of the and hardest things you can do next to, you know, <laughs> some, you know brain cancer or rocket water surgery. Polo. Water polo. Water polo. Yeah. <clears throat> Therapy. You know, one of, so, one of these uh, very intensive things. You have to know a lot of things about. So We have, uh, we have <clears throat> another one of those Sundays coming up this week. Very excited for it. Yeah. Yeah, let's. Um, do you have any Do you have any thoughts about Week Four before we turn our, our heads to Week Five, as we're already in Week Five, as as you know, because Thursday night football exists, for better or for worse. Um, which, if you want, I have a little sidebar about Thursday night football here, right? At least All the right. London game. I'm curious, like with Thursday night football, right? With the amount of like sloppy play we get, and right now, folks, if you're watching Thursday night football, or if you well, if you're listening to this following it, um, it's six nothing going into the, the second half. Um, it's almost halftime right now in the Thursday Night Football game. Why why not play Thursday Night Football, the opening game of the week, and then after a bye week, like the bye week teams play a Thursday Night Football game? Because at, well, be, at least it would be more competitive. There would be more of a layoff. There wouldn't be like a short, short stay. You know, there's less chance of an injury. I, I always wondered why they don't strategically place it somewhere instead of doing it every week. I think I it does make a lot of sense, and I do remember seeing situations where that has been the case, where, oh, this Thursday night team doesn't have, uh, you know, has a big advantage over the other because uh, because they came off a bye week before their Thursday night game. Um, so it's certainly possible to, to do that more than we've seen, uh, but it's not possible until we get into the bye week part of the schedule. And, and uh you know, we just don't want to wait that long to have Thursday night games. Maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't have Thursday night games until the bye weeks are in full swing. Um, but uh, but certainly the scheduling could could do better uh, alleviating some of these short weeks. It, I, I just don't know why you would, you know, every team basically plays a Thursday night game every year, right? I mean, to some degree. Or every other year. Why would you risk the injury to any of your star players? Or is it strategically placed so... The bad teams just play these, and they're sloppy, or like the middling teams, or like the, the tier B teams play them. And if a star player goes down, well, it's, it's not like Pat Mahomes or somebody like that that gets hurt. I just, I don't know. Look, yeah, I, the, the, the answer to that question is uh, very uncompelling, and it's, it's money. Money is why. No, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. And they had this, this big contract with Amazon, and at this point, um, you know, Jeff Bezos is pretty much on every multimedia outlet in the country at all times so <laughs> you know it's only it's gonna be a matter of time before we get the bezos network or amazon i don't know channel or some sort of chip they put in your head but that's really not reserved for a football podcast is it 
So, <laughs> any anywho, I just uh, that's a whole nother podcast I do. It's called uh, yeah, it's it's road tripping. It's uh, you know, it's one of those conspiracy type of guys like Alex Jones. They're making the frogs into into rocket ships, yeah. and they're gonna get on the frogs, and they're gonna take them to Mars, and that's where they're gonna <laughs> live now. So I sound like my uncle at like a Christmas you know party or oh, something. Man. You understand, Robbie? Okay. Well, let's uh, let's look ahead here to week five. Um, we're ready to talk about the waiver wire. I went over pretty extensively last week why I thought Geno Smith would be a good pickup, and well, the only person that didn't listen to my advice my advice was me because I picked up Geno Smith, didn't start him, lost out on thirty two fantasy points. This is a guy, Trevor. Here, he completes seventy seven percent of his passes. He's ranked as, I'm trying to see here, the seventh best quarterback in fantasy so far this season. It's not just because of his, his game on set, uh, on Sunday this past week. It's because he's been actually pretty good. That 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions, 21 fantasy points per game, 25% rostered in, in most leagues. Um, going against New Orleans, who's eighth against opposing quarterbacks, but um, in a dome at New Orleans, I, I kind of like my chances with Geno Smith this week. I think if you got him, pick him up. Because right. so, uh, there's a lot of not so great matchups for quarterbacks this week, so I think I think Geno Smith kind of snuck in as uh, one of the more compelling stories so far this season, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know I I feel like these journeyman quarterbacks, uh, these backups, they they end up in the NFL in the first place for a reason. The potential to be a great NFL quarterback was there initially. Uh, and then rarely do these guys get the sort of opportunity that Geno Smith is seizing right now, uh, and it's just really great to see it. Yeah, yeah, he's been really good. I mean, <clears throat> this 57 points in a two-week span, 49 yards in a, in a rushing touchdown against the Lions. I mean, they're going to figure out how to use him more, like, uh, dynamically, and 77% of his passes, he's th- third in the NFL in QBR. Who could say that through four weeks that Geno Smith would thoroughly outplay Russell Wilson? Who could say that? Oh my gosh! Honestly. No, nobody would have predicted this. Nobody. Crazy, crazy. Twenty-five percent of leagues too. So I think he's worth not like a QB one week to week, but um, <clears throat> we watch New Orleans on yeah, set. A, on s- a matchup dependent plug and play, absolutely. Yeah, worth the bench guy. Um, I mean, there's not too many backup quarterbacks that's, that's worth that's the same caliber as Geno Smith worth having your bench. And you're saying, oh man, I don't know about this week. I got this guy playing. You know, like, for example, when Tom Brady played Green Bay that one week and he had, like, two points, we were asking if we needed to cut him last week. Well, <laughs> right. you know, they threw four touchdowns and 331 yards against, uh, you know, Kansas City. Anyway, um, so I, I would keep an eye on Geno Smith, rostering 25% of leagues. Here's an interesting one. I, I'm curious how many people actually see him rostered, but um, I don't know. Something about Zach Wilson kind of, like, intrigues me quite a bit. Um, didn't have flashy stats last week, but 20.7 points, um, against who they played. That was, who did New York play last week? They came back against, now I can't remember. Um, oh, Pittsburgh. That was a, that's a tough Pittsburgh defense. Making think of Fitzpatrick had a nice interception. 21 points. I mean, low end starter. He's available in 27% of leagues. They're playing Miami this week. 31st in in FPA. So against Horton. 20 points. 20 points is a solid performance out of a, a fantasy Golly. quarterback. It, it's yeah. not a standout performance, but nobody's uh, no, nobody feels like their quarterback flopped when they get 20 points. Uh, and if your team is built to win with, uh, with other positions, then uh, plugging in somebody that's going to get you 20 points a week is, is solid. Uh, and that's what a lot of people are looking for at quarterback. So I, I like that take. 
20, I mean, like I said, 20th, uh, what, 31st in FPA for Miami, the second worst team against quarterbacks in fantasy, which is kind of surprising considering they got Xavion Howard. Yeah, it is. And Byron Jones, and actually a really solid secondary, Javon Holland, um, that guy, the blitzer there, he blitzes pretty much every single snap. He's from the safety position. I can't remember. Brandon Jones. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I look at this matchup, and I wonder, it's in division. It seems like a pretty good matchup. I think he's a low-end low QB1 if you want to pick him up on uh, on, on free agency and start him because you don't have a good matchup where you got somebody got hurt. <laughs> You know, you, you don't have Dak Prescott, you're like me, and you, you've just been shuffling quarterbacks in and out all season, you're looking for some sort of life. Um, yeah, Zach Wilson's kind of a, a guy I keep an eye on. Here's a couple more. Um, first off, and I'm going to try to do the best I can trying to pronounce this guy's name, Tyler Algier. Algier. He's uh, Atlanta running back, um, rostered 48% of the league. He's going against Tampa this week. They're third in, in FPA, um, which means Tampa's just really stingy against running backs, but... There's literally nobody else that's going to play. <laughs> yeah, the, the, oppor- so, the opportunities are going to be yeah. there just like they were for uh, Corderell Patterson. Yeah, uh, wishing him a speedy recovery. He was on a, a real tear until until he got the injury. Right. Um, but uh, but you got to think that the that the formula for the for the Falcons is not going to change. Um, and uh, yeah, wh- whoever is the starting running back is going to get plenty of touches. And and that's what we look for in fantasy. So I like that one. Yeah, and he's he's been the third down running back in that offense for the last four weeks. So um, he just he's just a big guy, five eleven, two thirty, rookie from BYU, um, hard nosed runner, really good with his hands. I, I mean, he was a sixth round pick, but you know these guys tend to kind of fly kind of under the radar, especially ones who are dynamic like that, and they get picked late, thinking that they're not going to be a three down running back. Well, I think he's got potential. So none, nonetheless. Um, here's a guy you want to keep an eye on, 45% leagues, Atlanta, 11th against FPA. This is ironically Tampa Bay, but Rashad White, uh, Lenny Fournette is going to be out with an injury, and I, I don't really know how that run, that backfield's really been uh, – they just haven't looked good. I mean, the offensive line's been what it is, but I think a guy who is capable of being sort of like a James White for Tom Brady, good PPR kind of idea here. I, I don't really know if you want to keep him, put him on the bench, see what happens, but – um, here's his stats against Kansas City: three carries, six yards, a touchdown, five catches, fifty yards. So maybe a wow. flex in a PPR league, right? I mean, I'm, yeah, I like that. Some, I like that a lot. Uh, running backs lot that are reliable through the air. Uh, yeah. there's not a lot of them out there right now, so uh, that sounds good to me. A lot of guys flying on the radar, man. Especially PPR people, you got to keep your eye on that guy and this guy, Isaiah Pacheco. Which, if you watch Sunday Night Football, um, who is he? Uh, I didn't even realize I, Isaiah Pacheco was even relevant. But um, rostered 50% of leagues, 22nd against the running backs is Las Vegas. Um, a guy who looks like he runs really hard. I mentioned Justice, Justice Hill last week. He has the same sort of running style. Um, <clears throat> just a really solid running back. I, another guy that went in the seventh round, I think he's worth considering in PPR leagues, five yards per carry. He's got some uh, third down potential. 11 carries for 63 yards last week against Tampa Bay. That's a good run defense, and he gashed them for six and a half yards a carry. So, I, you know, the Kansas City offensive line looks good. I think Isaiah Pacheco is worth keeping an eye on because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, we've known in the past, he's really isn't that reliable beyond week six or seven. This is a guy you should definitely keep an eye on if you're looking for a handicap or a handcuff for CEH. Um, 
Let's see here. So we're going through the receivers now. We're looking at um, Josh Reynolds. Boy, this is an interesting case here in Detroit. A guy, 17 catches, 243 yards, two touchdowns, 14 fantasy points per game going against New England this week, 14th in FBA. All they do is throw the ball in Detroit. All they do is score points, and they throw the ball. It's like they're, they're like the, the opposite version of, um, what's that guy's name from, from Game of Thrones, right? You know, Tar- Targaryen? I don't know. That doesn't matter. <laughs> All they do is score points and throw the ball, right? Um, kind of like a number three fantasy receiver. I, I'm not really sure where he's at, but look, seven catches, 81 yards against Seattle. I, I thought he played really well in the slot. He's worth a PPR kind of flex if you got him. Uh, Amon, Amon Rossi Brown's been out. DJ Chark's been out. It's a good chance he'll be out against New England this week. I know New England's really good at limiting what the offense does best, but as we've seen, their defense is pretty vulnerable, particularly on the outside. Um, I think Romeo Dobbs kind of played that, that role pretty well. Speaking of Romeo Dobbs, uh, another guy that's available in about 48% of leagues, wide receiver from Green Bay, had two weeks in a row where he scored a touchdown each week, 21 points, 21 points, against a good New England secondary last week, dropped a touchdown, but five catches, 70, 67 yards, and a touchdown against New England. Um, as long as Aaron Rodgers is able to wake up and stay off the ayahuasca in the morning, I think he'll be fine. So that's, um, yeah, I don't know, right? Coming, coming with the, the heat this week. Um, I like I, I like Romeo Dobbs. I think he's I, I think he's just a guy. He's a guy worth having on the bench. He's I think projected for twelve and a half points this week. So maybe he's a good flex if you got something that's out like DJ Shark or Monrose Brown. Uh, you can't get Josh Reynolds. I, I'd recommend Romeo Dobbs. One more. Um, let's go with tight end because we all know how freaking terrible that position's been this this uh, this year. Here's a guy. Yeah, I know. Here's a guy I think that's worth considering. It's weird because you can you can start him in the flex, you can start him at tight end. Taysom Hill, rostered in 43% of leagues, one catch, one one target, two receiving yards, two touchdowns last week, including a run. Um, the more Jason Jameis Winston's out, the more Andy Dalton plays, the more Taysom Hill is going to get on the field. I, I I don't know, two touchdowns. You got 14 fantasy points on two touches. I mean, no, I I, it, I like him as like incredible. a hail mary type of guy, especially going into these bye week weeks. Yeah. Um and, and like you said, uh, uh, it, it it you often forget some of these guys that you know we think of him as a quarterback. Uh, but if you can put him in the flex or put him in tight end, uh, he could get you exactly what you need that week. Some big numbers uh, from a, a you know a spot on your roster that usually you know doesn't doesn't do a lot for you anyways let's face it if you don't have mark andrews or or travis kelsey somebody like that then uh tight end is always like yo maybe i'll get three points this week you know uh so i like that a lot yeah i mean it's just like the, like i said the last time james winston's playing the more time you're gonna, you're gonna see Taysom hill in the fields i mean he's pretty much there just to score touchdowns <laughs> right or be a gadget or something and like, yeah or run a touchdown in or you know i mean he's gonna rpo his way into a rushing touchdown right. type of situation yeah and for a position that's producing barely anything outside the top five guys um i mean i, I don't know what are you risking by starting him you're risking losing three points <laughs> exactly yeah I, there's a lot of lot of upside on that one i like it seems like a big risk to me but nonetheless Let's go to week five. We're already halfway through the week five uh, opening game here on Thursday night. We're going to London. Um, <laughs> I'm never going to get that accent good. It's just not going to happen. Right? <laughs> you sound like you're on. from London. Thank <laughs> you. New York, uh, Green Bay, 3-1. The surprise, New York Giants at 3-1. Eight-point favorites, Green Bay. Over under 41. 
So we talk about teams that sleepwalk and kind of, I don't know, just have a really hard time getting up for big games. I mean, Green Bay against New England at home. Um, Aaron Rodgers arguably played one of the worst halves we've ever seen him play in his entire career. They're an eight-point favorite, and it's a 41 over-under. I, yeah, you know, I, don't uh, see it. I don't see it here. I'm, I'm curious what your take is. I would take this game as even. Uh, the eight points, mm-hmm. if you're looking to put money on this one, I definitely take the Giants to cover. Um, that's way too many points for one. These London games are like Thursday night games on steroids in terms of uh, just a, a real leveling of the playing field. It's neutral field. Uh, both teams have to travel. Uh, what is it, like six or seven time zones, depending on where you're coming from. Um, and, uh, and yeah, the, the Packers not looking good, uh, really got lucky, you know, went, went into overtime against a, uh, a rookie third stringer at home last week. Um, they're billed as the home game or the home team in this London game, but there is no home team in this game. And uh, the Giants built a lot like the opponent they faced last week. They, 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 their, their offense runs through the running game. Um, it's, it's been clicking real well for them. They're 3-1, and one, just like the Packers. Um, I think this is another really close London game, which is, which is great for the London fan base. We want exciting, compelling games. We don't want blowouts. Um, but, man, uh, the, the 41 over-under, the way these two teams play, I'm taking, I'm taking the Giants to cover. Uh, I'm going to take the under on the 41 points. Um, and, uh, man, as to who wins this game, it's easy for me to take the Giants to cover because I I feel like the victory here is going to be a flip of a coin. Um, I I really can't lean either way here. Yeah, I I wonder where Vegas kind of gets their their head on this one because I'm I'm just curious that they take in the fact that they're traveling to this. Is there any other sort of consideration in terms of how Green Bay is going to be affected? I mean, like I said, they had a, a pretty much a, yeah, they had a 225 start in the central time zone against New England's a team with a third string quarterback couldn't get up for it and almost lost in overtime. So I, I think it's, yeah, I mean, I just think it's going to be closer than what, what a lot of uh, pundits say or what, you know, Vegas says, but well, I mean, let, let's know. face it. If, if the Packers were who they are right now with anybody, but Aaron Rodgers, I would be taking the giants to win. It's because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers that the Packers even have a shot in this game. That, yeah, who do you that, get week that's week? the way I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it makes a lot of sense, and that's why um, I think it's yeah. I, I think you're spot on with the the commentary, and honestly, <clears throat> it's a new. But the only thing, the variable here though, is that it's a New York defense. It's a Green Bay defense that's just been absolutely gashed on the ground. And if you're a Saquon Barkley owner and you took him in like the second or third round, I hate your guts so much because <laughs> I took Jonathan Taylor number one overall. I'm just getting boned on that hardcore, big time oh, boned, getting porked. Hardcore. <laughs> so, um, 84 carries, 463 yards, two touchdowns for Saquon Barkley. You get the the, the, the the dual head running back from Green Bay. It's going to be a running game. You start your running backs. I don't know. Daniel Jones has got an ankle injury, so maybe Green Bay loads up the box. Um, I still think they're pretty soft on, on defense, though, nonetheless. And Romeo Dobbs, 19 catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns, two touchdowns in two games, making a third. You know, I, th- I, think, I think Green Bay's got something with him. Who are you picking? Did you, did you already say you were, you were taking? I mean, I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers to squeak out the win here, um, just because life isn't fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I think this is a toss-up game. I think it is. You're definitely going to be 
uh, run-heavy offense from both teams. I think it's going to be low scoring, and uh, we might see the Packers go into overtime for the second week in a row. Um, but uh, I definitely—I mean, with this with this eight-point uh, line, like I def the there's no way the Packers win by eight points. It's just not going to happen. Um, so I, I like, uh, yeah, I, I give the slight edge to Green Bay in this game because of who their quarterback is. Uh, and because they're so good at, at ending up as the number one uh, seed at the end of the year, every year in the NFC. Um, so, but I mean, the, if the Giants win, it, no one should be surprised with the way these two teams have been playing. Uh, I think the Giants have an absolute uh, honest shot to win this. It's the way I see this game is it's even. It is such an even matchup uh, being played in London. Uh, the way these two teams have played through four games. Um, so I definitely take the Giants to cover. I'm going to take the Packers to win. I'm taking the under. Okay. We're going to shoot over to the uh, Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. Seven half point favorite to Minnesota. Over under 44. I mean, look, this is a this is a division matchup. It's a Chicago team that's really proven that they can't do anything other than run the ball. And play decent defense. I mean, it is what it is. You know, um, Roquan Smith's an animal, by the way. Just an incredible linebacker. It's unfortunate he's tagged at Chicago's uh, ineptness. But 2-2, two and two, surprise team. They're 500. By the way, there's 14 teams in the NFL that are 2-2 two and two right now. 14. Whoa. 14. There's just a massive glut of just mid. <laughs> Everybody right. is mid in the NFL. That'll um, be an interesting thing to keep an eye on once we're totally. uh, eight games in. I wonder uh, what happens <clears throat> to that, that chunk in the middle where everybody's kind of doing well. Um now, th- this game, I-, I like the Vikings to win. They're, they're really tough at home. They- they've got one of those stadiums that-, that makes them really tough to beat on the road. Um, the Bears, though, I mean, it- it- again, it's a division matchup. The Vikings did not look good in that win against the Saints in London. Uh, I, I want to put it behind me as-, as, you know, chalk it up to a London game. Um, but the truth is that uh, the Vikings are – not firing on all cylinders right now, especially in the red zone, um, which is why their 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 kicker just had a day. Uh, special teams uh, NFC player of the of the of the week. Um, but uh, I, I think you know it, the Vikings could have a get right game here and, and and win by more than seven and a half points. But I'm not putting my money on it. I'm going to take the Bears to cover this. Uh, I am going to take the over on the 44. But I take the Vikings to win at home. Yeah, it's it's a it's a game Minnesota should win all day. Seven half point favorite. That's why they're favored here. And I, I don't think like I, I don't think Chicago is a great run defense, regardless of Roquan Smith being out there. And Justin Jefferson does nothing but eat. As we saw last week against uh New Orleans. And I wonder how they'll they'll start to really um in, incorporate him more in that offense, knowing he's pretty much the, the biggest dynamic weapon they have. I mean, they did a, a what an end around where he didn't even get, get touched on an end zone in the end right. zone for a touchdown. So, so um, let me ask you, Rob, how do you sir. feel about Dalvin cook at this point in the season? Because last week, Justin Jefferson was the best running back on the team. Um, it just, it, it, I mean, I, they're, they're giving Dalvin cook his opportunities and they're not, they're not producing much. Um, so I mean we could we could see him bounce back this week, but I just don't have any reason to believe it right now. And I don't know if it's a problem with uh with the offensive scheme 
Um, it's certainly different this year. A lot of things are working, but the running game is not. Yeah, it's, I think it's a scheme issue. I was just about to answer that. Like, you know, the way I looked at it, I was watching that that London game on on Sunday, and um, I, I don't know if they did they run a lot of stretch and crack and and crack tosses and whatnot last year because I don't remember Dalvin Cook being a guy who could really run outside the tackles really well. He was more of like a, you know, like they they ran between the guards and the centers a lot last year, if I'm not mistaken. And so they, I, they did. He's yeah. pretty good at getting through that that melee and then making the uh, the next level miss or at least uh, drag him along for for you know ten plus yards. Um, he's a great running back. I, I just wonder. Well, and and I, if he's I'm a wondering good fit if for that offense. Yeah. Because I mean, in in the past, he can be really dangerous getting it, the ball to him in space. Yeah. Uh, but they've kind of changed how they're trying to do that, and it's not really working. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's been ugly. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, you wonder if a guy like Alexander Matson would, would be a better fit on in, in that offense. But really, you know, at the end of the day, let's see, uh, 89 carries, 392 yards, four four and a half yards a carry average. Dalvin Cook, 63 for 279, one touchdown. No big, no no big runs. His longest run is 16 yards. So they got to get yeah. some something open enough where they're maybe like a zone inside zone where they're blocking everybody downhill and everybody gets is getting blocked to the second or third level so he can spring something but he's not making anybody miss right either. well so, and, and and I got to wonder if that's also you know part of the opposing uh team's defensive strategy you know yeah uh it's it's really difficult to shut Minnesota down through the air and if you let Dalvin Cook get going too you've got no chance um so you know it it's it's just something we're going to keep an eye on. <laughs> so we'll keep an eye on moving forward, correct, my friend? Thank you for that. <laughs> we'll jump uh, pretty far ahead here because it's. we'll get into it later, but we're going to do the best we can to kind of wrap the ball up because there's games that just only need a few seconds of, of talk this week, for better or for worse. But to keep with our uh, eight-game, um, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, slate, right? We're going to go Miami at New York, a three-and-a-half-point favorite to Miami. 46 over under. The Teddy Bridgewater Express is rolling through into the Big Apple. And Zach Wilson, man, I mentioned earlier, I think they got something in New York finally. Maybe they don't. Maybe they end up going 2-15. and 15. But that's okay. <laughs> Even if that is the case because, you know, New England will benefit from it. But, um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know. Did he? I don't know if he ever really had an arm per se. But I, I don't think. I, he's, his arm went from, like, basically like a 9mm you know, to a noodle. So basically, like a, you know, like a water noodle, like one of those water things. You know, like they, you, the kids, they suck all the water and they blow it out at somebody. You know, one of those sorts of deals. Uh, if it's if ugly. you're a Dolphins fan, if you're a Dolphins fan, you're really hanging your hopes on that one nice deep connection he had with Tyree Kill right Tyreek before Kill. halftime that set up set up the 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 touch or the the score there before halftime. Um, I I think you know uh, our our long time listeners know that I'm a big Teddy Bridgewater fan um so that for me makes this a really compelling matchup um I, I feel like if if Tua was healthy this would be an easy game to pick the Dolphins would roll the Jets um but with uh with Bridgewater in there there's a little less confidence that Miami can can get this road win uh against a two and two Jets another one of those two and two teams um I still like the Dolphins in this game uh I think they're a really complete team uh, I think their defense is better than the uh, than the metrics and the statistics show at this point in the season. Um, they, they've had some tough opponents. 
Um, you know, you don't have great defensive stats after you play the Bills early in the season. Um, but uh, I, I do like the Dolphins here. Uh, three and a half point spread. That's a good spread. I do think it's going to be close. Um, I, th- I like I like the Jets to cover because I think this will be a, a three point game, not a four four better uh, point game. Um, the over under forty six. I'm going to take the over. I think we see a lot of scoring here. I think the Jets are going to keep it competitive. I think the Dolphins are going to find a way to uh, to get that running game going for the maybe you know first real time this season. But uh, they still have one of the great you know weapons in this league with Tyreek Hill. He's going to stretch the field if they if he if he gets open at all. You know. It's, uh, you, even if it's just a 50-50 shot that uh, Teddy Bridgewater can connect with him when he goes deep and gets open, that's enough to get the win for the Dolphins. Um, and that's going to open up uh, a lot of the, the middle of the field. Uh, I think Gusecki is coming alive right now. Um, he, he looked good last week. And, of course, don't forget the Penguin, uh, which is becoming my favorite uh, touchdown celebration of all time. Uh, Jalen Waddle, what a, what a player he is. And uh, I, I see him as a Tyler Lockett type of receiver. He really does uh, make whoever's back there under center look good. Um, so I, I do like the Dolphins here. I think the Jets are, are definitely worth a fantasy look uh, if you've got offensive weapons. Um, but uh, I do like the Dolphins to, uh, to win this one. Yeah, Jets have been un- underrated on the fantasy front. I mean, Garrett Wilson, <clears throat> excuse me, Elijah Moore, Tyler Conklin, uh, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, all expected are, are um, projected for 10-plus points this week. Um, and then Zach Wilson with what he's projected, 17.5. It's, kind of, it's, it's interesting how um, New York's really loaded up on a lot of these guys, and I think they just kind of figured out, look, we need to really have an efficient offense. And just a lot of weapons for Zach Wilson. I, I just wish they could block better for him. <laughs> I mean, right. the leading rusher, 38 carries, 178 yards for Brees Hall, one touchdown. They're just going to throw the ball. Miami's been terrible against the pass, surprisingly, outside of Xavier Howard. And I think that's how they keep it close. They just got to run a lot of quick screens and things to kind of get Miami off their balance. And I kind of like their, their fantasy trio this week, to be honest with you. And, I mean, everybody likes Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell at their must-starts, but um, I, I just can't help but wonder. I mean, I think I saw Jalen Waddell is on one of my team's 17 fantasy points expected. I you know, I, I don't know how they come up with some of these numbers sometimes, but it seems awful high considering Teddy Bridgewater's uh, liabilities with his arm. I, I'm telling you, man, I think it affects that, that that offense quite a bit in the play calling. I could be completely wrong. If they come out and just start throwing balls over the field, and um, you know, we'll get some we'll get some unsubscribes on my end. But nonetheless, I am <laughs> informed. I am always right, so you should take my word for what I say. I am correct with this one. This is a hot take. <laughs> Okay, hot moving. Hot take, hot take here. Um, moving forward, Dallas at the LA Rams, two and five and a half point favorite to LA, forty-two and a half over under. Um, it's an LA team that's, I don't know, not looked themselves outside of Cooper Cup. He's played un- unbelievable as per usual, just the best receiver in the NFL. Dallas with Cooper Rush four and oh the last two years, we have a quarterback controversy in Dallas. Ooh la la, you know Jerry Jones yeah, likes that. Uh, you know, one of these uh, fun little uh, WTF stats. Uh, uh, Cooper Rush, the first Dallas Cowboy quarterback in franchise history to start his career 4-0. Never been done by a Cowboy quarterback before. Um, 
it, it's just it, it. I mean, this, next to next to Geno Smith, this might be the best uh, uh, story in the league so far after after one month of football. Um, you know, if you're not from Texas, there's not a lot of love for the Cowboys um, because they, they were so overhyped for so many years. Um, but uh, they might have something really cooking right here. Three and one uh, on the road in L.A. The Rams, they just we, we know that 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 roster has a lot of talent on it, <clears throat> but it is just not. It's not working like it has before. I think a big part of that is not having the number two wide receiver. Cooper Cup needs somebody else to catch the ball once in a while. Um, and then the you know the run game wasn't a huge part of their success going to the Super Bowl, but it was better than it was right now. Um, so yeah, the Rams they've really got to get creative with how they're calling plays, how they're scheming their skill players open. Because uh, right now they're looking like they might be a little too easy to figure out. Um, the Cowboys aren't world beaters on defense, but they're not slouches either. Um, I I wouldn't. I, I can't believe I'm going to do it. I, I think I'm going to take the Cowboys in an upset here. Uh, I think they've just got a lot of momentum. I know that uh, they're going to be on the road against the defending Super Bowl champ. Um, and the, the Rams have a lot to play for. They fall to two and three here, and uh, and it starts to look really, you know, repeating looks looks really difficult at two and three. Um, but man, the, it just I got to go with my gut here. I think the Cowboys uh, turn whatever heads they haven't turned yet, and uh, and get a, a road upset this week. <clears throat> You know, Dallas has been excellent, man. They've been clutch. They've been really, really efficient. They haven't turned the ball over. It's, you know, a L.A. Rams team that live and, lives and dies in the turnover. So it's, it's can they get Cooper Rush to force any sort of problem? Can they get a fumble from Zeke? Can they get something? But, I mean, when you got C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, you got um, Michael Gallup, you got that guy Noah Brown. I mean, Dallas looks pretty damn good well, on offense. And, you know? I and mean, Michael Parsons. I was about to say, Micah Parsons yeah. is the name I haven't heard a lot so far this year, but that kid can play. Uh, I mean, he, he, I, he, I think he might be the fastest guy on their defense. He's absurdly fast. Uh, he's got a great mind for, for defensive football. Um, I, I, I think the Cowboys are, uh, they're, I mean, I don't think they're as good as the Eagles, but they're starting to look like they are going to be the Eagles' biggest hurdle here. Um, so I, I think, uh, I think I like the Cowboys. This is my upset Cowboys over Rams. Uh, I'll take the over on the 42 and a half. Uh, obviously the Cowboys to cover and beat the spread there. It's a good pick. Um, I like it. I mean, it's probably one of, it's, it's interesting how LA's favored by almost a touchdown. I, I just wonder where Vegas is at with some of these odds, but I'm not the one that makes them. So maybe I'm wrong, but nonetheless, this next one kind of makes sense. Philly. At uh, Philadelphia Eagles, at Arizona Cardinals, five-point favorite, over-under 49. Um, Jalen Hurts, MVP of the first half so far, played fantastic last week against Jacksonville, and just continues to show that he's, he's not just an outside runner. He's a pocket passer. Could this be the running team that I was was going against this whole time that might win the Super Bowl this year? Could this be it? I mean, this. I listen, right now, uh, you know, unbiased opinion, it's the, the Eagles are playing the best football in the league right now. 
Um, there, there are some te- there's some good teams out there. We know who they are. But nobody's doing it better on both sides of the ball and special teams than the Eagles right now. And uh, until I see any slip-up, I have no reason to pick against them. Um, I like the Eagles to win this one. I like the Eagles to beat the spread. I think they win by a touchdown or more. Um, I am going to take the over on this one. The Eagles' defense is great, but the Cardinals have score-from-anywhere type of potential, and I do think that they'll find the end zone a couple of times as well. Um, so I like the uh, I like the over on the 49, but I like the Eagles to win. I like the Eagles to beat the spread. Here's something you can keep in mind for a stat. Here here are the, the Arizona Cardinals against the pass. 1,023 yards allowed, 8 yards per attempt, 8 touchdowns, 2 interception ratio, only sacked um, quarterbacks four times. It's going to be tough out there for Arizona, and that's why I like Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown to turn it up. And the way Philadelphia's running the ball, I mean, number one running back, number, number one rushing team in the NFL, it's not even close. It really isn't. Um, Philly's been excellent on defense. They sacked Trevor Lawrence nine times last week. Got him to fumble the ball four times. They got Carson Wentz nine times the, the week before. How many times are you going to get Kyler Murray this week? <laughs> that poor guy, he better not be playing Fortnite. He better be studying. He yeah. better be studying, you know, because otherwise well, he, it's going to be a long week for, uh, for yeah, Kyler. He, we have seen Kyler be an escape artist in the backfield. Uh, I think he's going to have to do that pretty much all game. They're definitely going to get him on the ground. Um, but uh, I think... I think the Cardinals are, are playing catch-up football for most of the game this week, which means I, I really like uh, guys like Zach Ertz, Marquise Brown. Uh, if you've got Cardinals uh, weapons through the air, that's, that's who's going to get the looks. I, I, I just don't think the Cardinals are going to have uh, a lot going running the football this week. Sunday night football, Cincinnati at uh, Baltimore. Get this, Baltimore 0-2 at home. How was the last time you saw that? A Baltimore team 0-2 at home. Three-point favorites of Baltimore, over under 47. This is a Baltimore team that really can't close. I mean, they, they beat New England on the on the back of two or three Mac Jones turnovers that were just very egregious. Last week, up 20-0 against Buffalo, blew that lead. Um, barely lost to Miami, but blew that lead too. Uh What's going on in, in Baltimore, man? They can score. There's something going on in the defense. The, the coordinator is like 35 years old. He's a rookie. It's you know. Then you got Joe Burrow coming to town. Looks like he's figuring some stuff out with Jamar Chase. Yeah, it's, that, and that's, that's what I was gonna, for them. Th- that's what I'm leaning towards here. Uh, this is you know Baltimore is favored by three points at home. So technically, this would be my second upset of the week. I don't really see it as much of an upset the way these two teams are playing. Uh, I I think the Bengals really should be favored in this game um they've got a lot of things figured out after a slow start uh the ravens the, they continue to be this team that can win any week and they can lose any week um and i just i i think the Bengals they're the they're the more steadfast team in this matchup uh it's definitely a a really important division matchup both teams two and two both teams I uh, feel like they're in a, a you know a, a Super Bowl championship window right now. Um, I, I, I think uh, I think the Bengals get the win here, and the Ravens really have to take a hard look at the rest of their season. Because um, man, they're just they're just they got to find a way to win at home. I don't think it happens this week. I think the Bengals uh, win on the road. Uh, I think the Bengals put themselves on a trajectory to the off season. Um, I, I definitely like the uh, the Baltimore fantasy options. I think they're going to move the ball. Uh, 
I just uh, I just don't think they're going to find the end zone as often as the Bengals do. Uh, they're playing much more balanced uh, football right now with the with run game and pass game. Uh, so I like the Bengals to upset. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over on the 47. I think we see a lot of points in this one. Yeah, it's a it's a no-brainer for the over. I, I, you know, it's two offenses that have, that have been pretty explosive. I mean, Baltimore scores 30 points a game. <laughs> you know, um, second best running attack in the NFL. Just been really good. Lamar Jackson's been insane. He's been really good. I felt bad for him last week because it really was one of those things where, um, you know, it it just um, yeah, it's just it's 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 kind of sad the way they played. Um, and, and the, the results of it was just wild because being up 20, nothing, and then just kind of losing your, your head, um, with, you know, with the head coach and the defensive coordinator and everything that just kind of fell apart out of nowhere. I, I just wonder how this, this next game is, is going to be for, for Baltimore, but, um, yeah, it's a good call. It's a good call on the, on the since you, uh, since you take and, um, I like the fantasy options, needless to say, like he already said. So T. Higgins has especially been really good. 20 catches, 315. Averaging, uh, what that would be almost 20 yards a catch. <laughs> it's just crazy. You know, he, they've so much talent on that offense at Cincinnati, and it's, it, it's going to be and, fireworks and, in Baltimore. And they have everything. I feel like after last week, they've got everybody's getting, uh, everybody's contributing to the offense right now between Higgins, Chase, Mixon. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, that, that's a three-headed dragon right there. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I just think the Bengal, it, it, they're, they're in a better position to win a tough division matchup than the Ravens right now. Um, so I got to take them. Yeah, absolutely. Monday Night Football, Vegas at Kansas City. Seven-point favorite to KC over under 51. It's, uh, man, Kansas City's just rolling, 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 rolling. They get, they get started quick. It's there's pretty much no way to keep up with them. This is going to be a tough game for Vegas, but they beat you know they beat Denver last week. I think we all expected that to, to happen, but um, I don't you know I don't do we know the last time that uh, Vegas beat KC? Has it been? Because uh-huh. they, they got I, I don't know if, last uh, year against them two games. I yeah I, I I certainly don't remember the last time the Raiders uh, had any success against the Chiefs. Um, that that really I mean it's a really tough division. Uh, but even so, it's been the Chiefs' division for a while now. Um, they don't win every divisional matchup, but they they certainly win most of them. Um, I I definitely you got to take the Chiefs in this one. I think it's even with seven point spread, it's easy for me to take the Chiefs to beat the spread. Uh, they might not beat the spread till late in the game, but I, I do expect that that's what will happen. Um, believe it or not, the fifty one over under. I'm going to take the under here. Um, I know the Raiders are coming off a big game offensively. Um, they, they put up a lot of points. Uh, one of those was a defensive score. But uh, the, the Chiefs' defense, uh, they're, they're looking better to me every week. Um, so I like the Chiefs to win in a dominant fashion at home on Monday night this week. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm taking the, the Chiefs to win. I take the Chiefs to beat the spread. And I'm going to take the under on the 51. Vegas starts out one and four. How crazy would that be? You know, Josh McDaniels. I mean, how do you, how do you make the playoffs in a tough AFC West if you're one and four? Uh, you don't. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the that's no trick question there. <laughs> yeah, Just yeah. Straight up rhetoric. <laughs> All right, we're gonna shoot over to Detroit at New England's three point favorites in New England, forty five and a half over under. There's only two two reasons I picked this this game, and it's not because I'm a New England fan. It's because they're bringing out the red the red uniforms. 
gorgeous. They should just keep them because the new uniforms are just terrible. Absolutely freaking terrible. You the know? red ones are really great. I do awesome. like uh, the bright red jerseys awesome. are really cool. And, and Bailey Zappi will be starting a quarterback this week for, for New England. It's could be a tale of two Bradys, potentially. No, it, Another another good uh, another good quarterback storyline right now, uh, you know, coming in uh, early last week as the third string backup quarterback, and uh, and then taking Aaron Rodgers to overtime in Lambeau. Uh, uh, our listeners know that I was loving that, um, but uh, this this one, I it, they're at home, three point favorites. You know the like. You know, uh, we were talking about this before we went on the air. The Lions are the number one scoring offense in the league right now. Nobody has more points on the board uh, offensively than the Lions. Um, one and three against one and three. Uh, oh and one away against zero oh and one at home. Uh, this this is gonna this is gonna be a, an ugly game. But I think the Lions win here. Um, I think uh, I think that they're better than their record right now, and I just think the Lions are due one. Um, uh, obviously, you know the Patriots with uh, two quarterbacks out, um, it's not looking like their year. I think they're going to be competitive in a lot of games, which is really good football. Um, but I, I'm going to have to take the Lions in this one. And with uh, with what we're seeing here, I mean the, the Lions run the ball a lot. Uh, the 45 over under is tough for me because I do think the the Patriots are really good at stopping the run. We saw that last week against uh, against Green Bay. It's certainly what what kept that game close. Um, so even though the Lions score a lot, typically th- this might be the weird thing where like the number one scoring offense doesn't have a big day but comes out with the win. Um, man, it's I I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the under on the 45 and a half. Zappy Fever kid, you're saying no to the Zappy Fever. All right, That's... I I love I love that name by the way. Zappy, you know, um, it's yeah, got a real it's... zip to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. It's going to be a tough game for New England. I, you know, if there's anybody that can shut down Jared Goff, you watched the Super Bowl Fifty Three or Two, whatever that was, a couple of years ago. <laughs> that, um, I hadn't wasn't great. That. Wasn't great. Yeah, I think Belichick figured him out pretty easily. It was a pretty brutal game for for Goff. I mean, granted that they don't have the same playmakers on New England's defense. Jamie Collins came back this week, though. I mean, you always got to return everybody. You got to get all the retreads. You know, you know, there's there's four things guaranteed in life. You got death, taxes. Um, I don't know. Uh, Somebody terrible, but being the U.S. president and uh, J- Jamie Collins re-signing with the New England Patriots, so that's that's the way it is. Um, J- Jamal Williams, 62 carries, 276, six touchdowns, just a goal line eater. I, I kind of like him here against New England. Um, not not a great defensive line, and just something they really invest in, and it hasn't been very good. The front seven's been brutal. M- Mac Wilson's kind of been, eh. Raycon McMillan hasn't put, really played a lot. Um, Good, good New England secondary, but yeah, it's just it could be a long game for them if they have a start Billy Zappi, third string quarterback, and really limit their offense. But who knows? You know, we, we could see something here out of the kid. He's at home. Everything's pretty much lining up. It's going to be great weather. Uh, you know, don't you know, Zappi fever. I'm telling you, you can't get a shot for that. It's out there. So look out. <laughs> 
Uh, there's, right. There's no vaccination for that one yet. No, <laughs> nothing yet. We're still working on it. Yeah, Pfizer trying to come up with something. <laughs> so we're gonna run through the next uh, the next of these games as fast as we can. We got L.A. the Chargers at that at Cleveland Browns, two and a half point favorite to Chargers, forty seven and a half over under. It's Justin Herbert. His ribs still hurt, but he's he's the best passer in the NFL right now. Thirteen hundred yards, nine touchdowns. So, yeah, I uh, I'm taking the Chargers in this one. Um, like you said, we're going to try to be quick here. I, I, I don't like this matchup. Both these teams are uh, so up and down through four games that uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in it. But I'm taking the Chargers here uh, with a two-point, two-and-a-half-point spread. i got to take them to beat that spread. Over-under, 47-and-a-half. Uh, I'm going to take the over here. Um, I, think, uh, I think both teams are going to you know, score, be competitive here. But uh, I like the Chargers to uh, win on the road this week. Seattle at uh, New Orleans, 2-2 for the Seattle Seahawks. And Geno Smith, uh, five-and-a-half point favorite to New Orleans, 46-and-a-half over under. Wow, this is surprising. I don't think Jameis Winston's going to play this week, and I still think they're out like a bunch of offensive weapons too, including Alvin Kamara. Still a five-and-a-half yeah. point favorite to New Orleans. I don't think Vegas is a big fan of Seattle, but on the road, in a dome, with that offense, I don't know. Yeah, this one, I mean, I, I thought the Saints played really good football last week in London. Um, they they just found ways to stay in that game. Um, they didn't get any help from the referees, uh, so hopefully hopefully they're not dealing with that this week. Um, even so, I think uh, I think the Seahawks have something cooking right now. And like you said, in a dome uh, against uh, you know uh, a banged up Saints team, uh, Kamara might not play. Uh, 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 Thomas is also questionable at this point. Um, so with those guys not 100%, I got to take I got to take the Seahawks to upset. I like the Seahawks to win. Um, it could turn I mean I, I think the Saints will score. I am going to take the over on this one. Uh, yeah, but uh, I like the Seahawks on the road here. It's just it's just surprising. I, I don't know Vegas has been on a tear this week with some of their bias, but Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Let me skip this one, but nine and a half point favorite Tampa, forty six and a half over under. Atlanta, one of those surprise glutton teams at two and two. Um, but you know, Tampa Bay. I mean, this is yeah, <laughs> Brady's pretty much is, revenge game. So this is this is really just an interesting division matchup. Um, outside of that, it's pretty obvious who to take here. I'm definitely gonna take the Buccaneers. Nine and a half points is a little rich uh, for the way, you know, the Buccaneers are still, you know, they're not 100% either. I do like their defense uh, right now. But uh, I'm going to take the Falcons to cover, Buccaneers to win. I'm going to take the under on the 46 and a half. The, the, the issue with the Falcons right now is that they're the only thing that's been working for them. Corderell Patterson will not be playing. Uh, we've already discussed the fantasy implications there. I just don't think that uh, they'll be able to pull off such an upset on the road in, in Tampa. So I do like the Buccaneers here. Hey, Tennessee Titans, 2-2. Two and, two. and the Washington Commanders, one-half point favorite. Tennessee over under 43. Tennessee, man, making comeback. I mean, they've always been well coached. Derrick Henry looks like he's kind of gotten his legs underneath them. Back-to-back big wins against Vegas and, and L, uh, the, the Indy. Colts, the only thing that the note here is that they didn't score any points in the second half against Indianapolis. That's kind right. of uh, concerning. So, so. I, I still feel like, uh, you know, the Titans are playing better, but I still feel like uh, they're not a difficult team to figure out offensively. Um, like, like you said, they didn't score anything in the second half last week. Um, the Commanders, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that they're 
I, I mean, I think they're solidly, you know, third or fourth best team in their conference. I think the the NFC East is better than it's been in a long time. Um, I like the Commanders at home this week. I do. Um, I think uh, I think they get it going through the air. Uh, they've they've been you know middle of the road, but still pretty uh, competitive running the ball. Um, I think uh, I think the Commanders uh, you know call it an upset with a one and a half point favor to Tennessee, but I'm taking the Commanders at home. Um, Forty three point over under. Uh, I'm gonna take the over on that just barely though. I don't expect this to be a super high scoring game. Um, I, I do think the Titans will make it a game, but I, I like the Commanders this week. Houston at Jacksonville, some point favorite. Jacksonville, forty-three and a half over under. Um, how quickly do you want to talk about this one? <laughs> I mean, this one won't take much time. It, it is a division matchup, so it is important. Uh, the Texans are going to uh, play their asses off here, um, the way teams always show up for these division uh, matchups, but. Uh, the Jaguars, I do think they're better than their two and two record. They they lost a real tough game against what I've already described as the best ter- team in football at the moment, the Eagles. Um, so I, I think the Jaguars, I think they rolled the Texans this week. This is an easy pick. They're, they're favored by seven. I'll take them to beat that spread. Uh, Forty three and a half over under. I'm going to take the over. I do think the Texans, uh, you know, find the end zone once or twice, uh, but I think the Jaguars will get thirty points. Um, so it's easy for me to take the over in this one. San Fran at Carolina, six and a half point favorite. San Francisco, thirty-nine and a half, uh, thirty-nine over under. Excuse me, the lowest over under of the week, and rightfully so because Carolina played one of the worst offensive games you'll ever see in recent memory. They scored sixteen points. You had to be there. You just had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and the uh, the 49ers are uh, a really. I think you know, they have the the elements there to be a really dominant team. Uh, you know they could they could really go on a tear here once Jimmy Garoppolo gets up to speed. You know when he when he came in, uh, he had not even been let in the building most days because they were hoping to to trade him away. Um, so uh, now that he's back up to speed as the starting quarterback, I'm going to like the 49ers in a lot of their matchups. Um, it's easy to take them in this one on the road against Carolina. Um, the six and a half point spread is the tough part because I, I I just don't think. I am going to take them to beat the spread, but not by much. And the over/under is tough. You know, the 49ers—they get ahead. They're just—they're just going to dominate the clock with that run game. Um, they're not the sort of team that's just going to run up the score uh, because they're playing somebody that can't can't hang with them. Um, but still, 39 is low. I'm going to have to take the over on that one, but just barely again. Yeah, I like the 49ers this week. Yeah, missed this one, but Buffalo, 14-point favorite over uh, Pittsburgh, 46 and a half over/under. Kenny Pickett's Yawn. first game. <laughs> Woof. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 14 points is a tough one to pick because that's that's just a huge spread for an NFL game. I mean, we do see games uh, get decided by more points than that, but it's just not something you can really count on. Um, the Steelers have a great defense. Um, well, great-ish. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Steelers to cover, but definitely a Bills win here. Uh, 46 and a half over under. Um, you gotta like the over here. It's the Bills. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, this is kind of a bonus, but the Texas State Fair this weekend. You know what that means? It's the Red River Shootout. We don't have an over under, or uh, this is this is near and dear to Trevor, as you know, he's an Okie. And, yeah, and uh, as an OU fan, this is all we have left to play for this year. This and Bedlam. That's all. We, that's all we have. 
Um, so uh, competitive, but yeah, nonetheless. Yeah, well, um, yo, the Bedlam's another story. Uh, OSU looks, you know, the Cowboys, they're they're looking good this year. Um, but uh, but yeah, the the OU Texas Red River rivalry, Red River rivalry. Um, Man, it's it's such a fun time, and uh, whoever doesn't win is in the middle of the Texas State Fair, one of the happiest places on earth. Um, so, uh, so it's always a good time, no matter who you're there for. Um, yeah, do I have to, have to pick a winner? I, I, I think no, I know I, who I want I, to win. <laughs> I, I think we all win if we go to the Texas State Fair and eat the food that's available there. So, I don't oh know. gosh, if, if you've not been the there and you and you uh, enjoy, you know, terrible for you food. Uh, put it on your to-do list because it uh, it's something special. No question. Um, that is week five, friends. Um, I just want to give you a little tidbit at the end there. Football in general, <laughs> on, uh, on the, all, the, all the stuff, all the podcast stuff, you can uh, slide us a subscribe or review and, or just say hi. I don't really know. Uh, we're here. <laughs> so um, give us a yeah, share it to your friends. I mean, it's football season. You know, It's just one of those things where... You don't want your friends to win, so you, you tell them those two two schmucks who are fat and red beards. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know what else to tell you. You know, we'll, we'll make sure they, they don't win. I don't know what to say. Listen to our advice. But nonetheless, until um, next week, we will be here again. Give us a follow, like, subscribe, and all the things on all the Instagrams and all the whatnot. You can find us football in general and podcasts, and you can find us by our names on those same websites. And until next time, we're out. <laughs>